Hey there, Frontlines listeners. This is Mike letting you know about this week's sponsor, Audible.com. Head over to audiblepodcast.com slash clonewars to download your free audiobook. Choose from over 60,000 titles, including a wide array of Star Wars and Clone Wars audiobooks. So head over to audiblepodcast.com slash clonewars to start your free trial today. Hey, Star Wars fans, welcome to the 46th episode of Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast for the season finale episodes, R2, D2, Come Home, and Lethal Trackdown. I am your co-host, Matt, and joining me as always, he's out of the back to tank for a few minutes to talk to us. It's Michael Cohen. What's up, brother? How you feeling? Hey. Uh, you know, uh, 95%. 95%. 95. Hey, we'll take 95 We'll yeah. Take yeah, we uh, obviously were a little later than we normally, but uh, you've been, you know, feeling under the weather for a while, so uh, we've had to delay the yeah. podcast, but it's, uh, it's all right. We're going to be uh, faster, more intense, hopefully, even though you are feeling <laughs> a little under the weather. But uh, Yeah, yeah, and, and this is going to be a, a double episode, so we figured if we were going to do it, we'd do it properly. And all that sort of thing. So didn't want to give you my hacking cough. That doesn't mean I won't hacking cough every once in a while. So be prepared for that. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, that's all right. We we can handle that. <laughs> so it's kind of a bittersweet time right now. You know, we got the uh, we're on our last episode for season two here, and yeah. uh, although it's, it was a nice ending, well, this is the last Clone Wars we're going to see for a little while. So uh, yeah, that's. Uh, Kind of bittersweet, like I said. So uh, we got some a lot of stuff to get to. So uh, let's head on over to some news. All wings reporting. Red ten standing by. Red seven standing by. Red five standing by. I like the sound of that. What are you talking about? So what I told you was true. From a certain point of view, everything is proceeding as I have foreseen. Many Bothans died to bring us this information. Okay, Mike, uh, the first thing we're going to talk about is the Star Tours, right? Why don't you go ahead with that one? Okay, so Star Tours. Um, for those of you who aren't aware, Star Tours is a ride at Disney World. Uh, they have one at Disneyland as well, right? Yes, actually they have yeah. them all over now. The Paris, 
Oh, uh, okay. Tokyo. They've opened okay. at different times. <clears throat> yeah, they all have. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, the Star Star Tours is going to be shutting down. Um, not forever, but the current Star Tours is is going to be making its last few trips uh, over the course of this coming summer, and then they're going to shut it down and upgrade it to a new one. My guess is that they're going to upgrade it to add in either prequel stuff or they're going to make it 3D uh, just with Clone Wars stuff. But um, we'll see. We'll probably hear about that around next year, uh, Star Wars weekends. That's my prediction right now. But um, for those of us going to C5, they've got a special event at, uh, at Disney Hollywood Studios, um, and that is the last tour to Endor. So... Um, uh, Saturday, August 14th, 8 p.m. to 1 a.m. Um, they're going to be doing, they're going to be doing a whole bunch of, like, the final rides. So, right, right. um, this is, this is a special event. This isn't, um, you can't just get into the park and line up for it. You have to buy an event ticket. Um, trying to find out if that means that you like if you because the event tickets are $75 plus tax American so um, I don't know if that means that you can get in just with with that um, or if you have to buy an, an entrance ticket to hmm. to um, to Disney World as well um, so that's something to look into if any of you guys are gonna planning on purchasing this I I think I might um, because I've never been on Star Tours. Wow, this is my last opportunity before they before they take it down and do the new ones. Yeah, so you've got to get on that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I know I know JC. Uh, he's the one who who uh, pointed this information out to me. Um, he's he's already bought his tickets for it. So um, so yeah, uh, there there will probably be a few of us Star Wars fans. I would think at this uh, at this event. So that's Saturday, August fourteenth, um, and you can you can buy the tickets off of um, StarWarsCelebration.com. Uh, you should be able to find it. I think it's on their front page. Um, there should be a link to it. I'm just checking because I was on. That. Yeah, there's a link just at the uh, like a header, just on the front page, so you okay. can book your tickets and right. and yeah. get in there and. Uh, enjoy the star tours so. yeah this was a you know this is one thing where if you've never been on it you might want to and if you're going to celebration do yourself a favor and get on this ride because yeah i remember this thing uh i've been on it many 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 times uh it opened up in disneyland was the first place it opened in uh, la in 87 and uh every time i've been to disneyland uh it's you know you got to go on this ride and i've probably been on this thing you know 25 30 times already so um, it's a cool ride, you know. There's uh, they got it all decked out as you walk through, um, and this thing used to have just gigantic lines, as you can imagine, when this first opened up. And uh, you know, it go it has a actually it has a Pee Wee Herman is the voice of the uh, the droid that takes you on the trip to Endor. And uh, okay. on your way to Endor, you get uh, into some Imperial entanglements on the way. I don't want to spoil it anymore, but since you've never <laughs> been on it, but uh, and it's a motion-based ride, which uh, is kind of popular now. I mean, there's a lot of parks that have this type of uh, ride, but this was the first one to actually do it with Star Tours, and yeah, 
like a lot of Star Wars stuff, they were the innovators and a uh, fantastic ride. Um, so really looking forward to the reboot. And there's actually a trailer out that kind of gives you an idea of what might be on the next ride. So oh, okay. there was a 30-second spot they did, and they got you on the uh, pod race going through, uh, Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, like episode one. So, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the new ride, which I think is going to debut sometime in 2011. Yeah, I figure it's going to be Star Wars Weekends 2011. Take them about six months to to, right. yeah. to do the thing, right? And if they're going to be shutting it down in August. Um, yeah. yeah. But they, just to keep in mind for everybody, this is this is just Disney World. Um, I don't know what the situation is at Disneyland um, or any of the other ones. Um, they will be shutting them down and upgrading all of them. Yes. But whether or not Disneyland will uh, continue to run Star Tours, uh, you know, into the fall. I don't know. Um, more than likely, they're probably all shutting down at the same time. I would think but so, yeah. Right. This is just like a special C5 event because we're all going to be there anyways. <laughs> right. So. And it's, uh, I'm going to be going down. I, I believe it's supposed to open up in 2011 um, in LA. So. Yeah. I will be making my, I've put off going to Disneyland for the last couple of years and going to wait for something really cool. So I'll be heading down there next year so uh yeah okay looking forward to that um <laughs> so let's uh, go on to uh our next bit of news here um this was something that i found out through the twitter of kyle newman and it's something that's been out for a while and i had no idea it was out but it is really fascinating documentary called building empire and it's by uh, a guy named jambe davdar and uh it's an, in an ambitious effort to collect all material from Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back into one insightful project. Arthur Jambe Davdar uh, presents Building Empire, the result of eight months' hard work. This labor of love provides an extensive look at the making of Episode 5. It incorporates many rare alternate takes, production audio, on-screen facts, cast and tr- uh, crew commentary, recreated scenes, storyboards, and behind-the-scenes footage to give you the must-have companion to the second chapter in the Star Wars trilogy. And this is the 30th anniversary of Empire, so I thought I'd uh, yeah. mention that. He has the other ones. Uh, I think he has Star Wars, and he also has some Return of the Jedi stuff. So it's about 21 or 22 chapters on YouTube. And I've up, I'm up through chapter, I think, 13 or something like that, and it's really good. I mean, there's some stuff that I've never seen and uh, it is a really cool look at the Empire. That basically goes goes through the whole movie, mm-hmm. and you know gives you a, all this behind the scenes commentary, kind of like a pop up video type thing. Uh, it'll break away and give you some, like I said, some facts, some production yeah. stuff, alternate takes. Um, it's it's a great look at the Empire, and uh, yeah, I'd suggest you guys go on YouTube and check that out. I think you won't be disappointed. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So uh, we also got some details from the Force Unleashed two. Oh yeah. That are, that are details. coming out. Yeah. Um, what website does this come from? You know, I actually found. Uh, I know there's been more. There's there's more stuff mm-hmm. that has come out of late. Um, yeah. The first time I heard about it was uh, Forcenet, 
Um, okay. But it was a couple other websites that were all. There's another one's corroborated. Okay. Right. Yeah. So, um, so Star Killer is a clown, a clone, a clown, a clone. This go around with selective memories of who he used to be. So we were right on that one. We were, yes. We mentioned and, uh, that a while ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he enlists the help of General Coda to search for Juno Eclipse. Uh, planets of Cato, Nemoidia, and Camino will be featured. Um, it'll be compatible with PlayStation Move. I don't know how I feel about that. Okay, uh, before, before you go on, I, I have the Xbox 360. You have the PlayStation. What exactly is this Move? Because I don't know what that is. Oh, it's pretty much just the Wiimote, but better. Um, oh, you know, okay. like the 360 has the Natal coming out, right. which is like a camera that tracks all of your movements. Right. Um, and you don't need any controller or anything like that. The PlayStation Move is um, it's like a little wand. Um, it's a it's a little handheld thing, like a just like a sort of like a lightsaber actually. And then it's got this ball, a globe on the end of it, mm-hmm. that um, that the PlayStation Eye tracks. Um, so when you use it, it it can um, it can track it for one to one. The thing that's really cool about it is that, um, as opposed to the way that the Nintendo does it, because the Nintendo Wii, it just has the one infrared on the front of it. Okay. So you have to be pointing that at the screen in order for it to work, right? Okay. Um, Because of the way that the PlayStation Move works, it's putting out light in all directions, and the and the sensor that you you hook up to your TV will be able to track all of those sensors inside the globe and pinpoint exactly how you're holding it and what you're doing with it. So if you tilt your arm or you rotate your hand or anything like that, it's all um, totally Mm one-to-one on the screen. I don't know how they'll work that with the Force Unleashed. I hope that there's an option to use either method of of control but they're saying there's going to be less enemies um than the previous game but the ones that you come across will be more powerful with better coordinated attacks and uh and there's going to be multiplayer this this go around for all of the systems not just the nintendo wii so that's what i'm kind of looking forward to is how they do this multiplayer and is it going to be a like a playstation online xbox 360 live type of multiplayer where you can yeah. battle you know your friends across the internet that would be kind of neat and i'm that's probably one of the big, big things that i'm looking forward to other yeah, than the story as well yeah um so yeah and it looks like we got a a release date too right october yes 26th. we did yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 so that's that's gonna be nice it's gonna come right around the time uh of season three of the clone wars so It'll be yeah, yeah. It'll be it'll out. be right in that same area. So um, look for an a review, an episode reviewing the game, because I will be picking that up the day it comes out, definitely. for sure. For sure, definitely. Okay, let's. Uh, we got a few things in collecting as well. Um, the first thing we're going to talk about in collecting is the uh, San Diego Comic Con uh, Comic Con exclusive was revealed, and it's the. Darth Vader Macquarie concept mini mini bust. Shit. Yeah, 
It's uh, I haven't I haven't seen this. I haven't seen any pictures of it yet. But are you still uh, there? Yeah, yeah I'm here. Uh, the mini bust. It's gonna have uh, three uh, different interchangeable heads. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Obviously limited edition, but uh, you know, with a lot of these exclusives, they do end up, you know, StarWarsShop.com or eBay. So yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Oh, they always do. Don't worry they about all... you know, especially yeah. if you're a big Vader fan like I am, and the concept stuff that McCory has done is, is uh, you know, really cool. I have the 30th anniversary, uh, the classic Luke Star Killer and the Vader concept in the 12-inch form. Yeah, that was done by uh, Kotobukiya, and that's one of my favorite pieces. And uh, this is a, another concept piece by McCory, so this is really neat. And I, you know, I don't know the price yet. I'm sure it's going to be, I don't know, probably sixty, seventy, eighty. Who knows? Something like that. But uh, uh well, if it's a mini bust, they tend to run about fifty four ninety nine up here in Canada. Okay. If it's uh, if it's an exclusive to comic-con i would bet probably somewhere in the 70 dollar range canadian so probably like 60 dollars american oh, okay right, right that's what i would think they actually managed to keep them pretty cheap gentle giant's pretty good about that okay the so minibus are nice and affordable so. um yeah so look for that for at uh, san diego comic-con if you're going to that uh the next thing we have is the and this is something that I was really interested in, the Sideshow Collectibles 12-inch line, which I'm a big fan of. I know you're not too much of a fan of it, but they got the Captain Rex coming out. Pre-orders have already started, and I believe the exclusive edition is already sold out. I don't know if the regular version of this is sold out. I haven't got a chance to check yet. Um, and I don't even have a release date yet, but... This is something that I've been waiting for ever since the Clone Wars started. Was, uh, you know, Rex is a very popular character. Yeah. One of my favorite clones. Yeah. Um, you know, because him and Anakin have this this great relationship, and he's just one of the, my favorite favorite clones of the whole series. So, um, like I said, the exclusive is already sold out, and you guys might have already jumped on that. But uh, look for the regular edition as well. Now these are probably going to be. 80 to 100 dollars that's normal price for the sideshow stuff so but that's not bad you know um and i'm still waiting for my sideshow cad bane hopefully one of these days we'll announce that (laughs) (laughs) um and the last piece you want to talk about this one mike this is pretty cool i don't know if you got a chance to see this yet yeah these star wars logo bookends from yeah yeah borders so yeah they're exclusive from borders um, which we don't have borders up here in Canada. So. Oh, you don't have borders. Okay. Um, okay. But see, they're priced at fifty nine ninety nine, which is not too bad. Limited to five thousand sets. Um, so you have to go into a borders, or do you have to order them online? You have to. I think you have to online. Order them. Right. Yeah. Um, so only five thousand. That's actually a pretty small run uh, distribution run. So. Um, so yeah, they're. It's pretty much just. The Star Wars logo, like the main Star Wars word, but it's right, like right. cut in half and then split, and you know, so you can use that as, as bookends. Um, it's not particularly my thing. Uh, no, I, yeah. I I don't know. Other people might might like them, but um, I'm more the uh, I like the um, the trash compactor 
bookends. Oh yeah, right, right. This is something that I, you know, I don't even know if I would use it as a bookend. I would just like to have it and you know have them together and just yeah. put up somewhere. That's uh, probably more where I would use it because I think it looks better mm-hmm. with just the, uh, you know, the Star Wars logo just put together. I'd put this up. That's more of how I would use it. There's also some other bookends that came out, and it was, uh, you know, uh, the Jabba's palace scene. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you got a chance to see those. Those look really, really nice too. Uh, it's got Boba Fett and a, a Gamorrean guard, Princess Leia, and uh, that came out. Just they announced that a few days ago. But uh, yeah, this uh, these bookends are very limited. So if you're into that, uh, head on over to the. You got like Mike said, you have to order those online. So mm-hmm. um, take a look at those. So I think that's all we got uh, right now in collecting. A um, few good stuff. And over the summer, I'm sure we'll get a lot more stuff um, coming down the pipe for uh, C5 and, and San Diego. Um, mm-hmm. Plus, we got all the new figures that are coming out. Oh, speaking of figures, uh, Toys R- uh, not Toys R Us, Walmart is trying to price match and price beat Toys R Us right now on their three and three quarters. So yeah. get to your Walmart. I believe they're four fifty per figure right now. So that is a huge deal. I mean, you're talking almost half off right now. So three and three quarter inch collectors, head on out over to Walmart. You're gonna find some great deals. That's a pretty good deal. Yeah. Good deal. So with that, uh, I think it's time we get into this major episode here. Yeah, yeah. You ready for that? All right. You fought in the Clone Wars? Yes. I was once a Jedi Knight, the same as your father. My name's Rex. But you'll call me Captain or Sir. I make the rules now. I'm Ahsoka Tano. Jedi scum. For 800 years have I trained Jedi. Yahoo! Alright, here we go with R2-D2 Come Home. A Republic medical frigate gathers the scattered escape pods suspended in orbit over Vancor. As Mace and Anakin disengage their hyperdrive rings and plunge their starfighters into the planet's atmosphere, the Endurance has carved an enormous furrow into Vancor's crystalline landscape, leaving debris scattered for kilometers. The cruiser is, smol- is a smoldering wreck, but the bridge appears mostly intact atop the ship's canted conning tower. Mace and Anakin land their starfighters away from the shaky wreckage and proceed on foot. Their astromech droids accompany them, R2-D2 with Anakin and R8-B7 with Mace. R2 is jittery, worried about what the ruins may conceal. Mace has some misgivings about the eccentricities exhibited by Skywalker's droid, but he presses ahead. R8 finds an opening amid the rubble that will lead them to the bridge. So, uh... You know, we start out with this, um, or immediately after the last episode, mm-hmm. uh, we get to see the Starfighters again with their hyperspace rings come out. And, uh, you know, Mace, as far as Mace and the droids, he doesn't really know how special R2 is right now. Um, yeah. And he says to Anakin, uh, you know, you're, you're, Anakin says something about, yeah, yeah, R2, I, I feel something strange too. And uh, Mace goes, 
your R2 unit is programmed to fill. What are you talking about, you know? Yeah. And, and Anakin's just like, well, you know what? R2 is kind of a special a special yeah. case here. And, yeah. Uh, so we kind of get the, uh, you know, here's what this episode is going to be about. It's going to be about R2. And, uh, you know, throughout the whole episode, we get his beeps and his boops. And it just brings you right back to all the movies. I mean, yeah. excellent job with R2, of course. I mean, it's pretty easy for them to obviously recreate all his, you know, beeps and all that. So um, this one thing that I liked about this episode was, was R2. And we'll get into that as we move along now. Uh, inside the shattered hole, R2 finds the bodies of two dead clones. Mace inspects them, finding blaster marks that reveal these troopers did not die in a crash. They were assassinated. It appears Mace would, uh, Mace's would-be killer is still at large. Windu and Skywalker continue into the ship, leaving their droids to scan for survivors. They find more clone bodies, also shot, but no sign of Admiral Killian or Commander Pons. Declaring them lost, Mace orders the orbiting medical frigate to return to Coruscant with the wounded. Outside, the astromech droids are suddenly attacked by vicious gundarks. Two of the creatures tear R8 apart and swat R2 about. Now, before you go on, Mike, the, uh, the, gun, the Gundarks, mm-hmm. um, these were the same design as they did in the Tartakovsky series, right? I mean, as far as I remember. Uh, I don't know. Were there Gundarks so, in the Tartakovsky series? I think we had I Gundarks in season one. Um, okay, okay. On uh, oh, uh, Dooku Captured. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there were Gundarks in that one. Um, okay. On what idea. planet it was that they landed on, and then they they mention their that Gundarks are native to whatever planet, and then they go, "Oh, well, that must be the planet that we're on." I don't think it was Vancor. Um, okay. I don't know. I'd have to. I'd have okay. to go back and look in order yeah. to find out. But yeah, these are the same Gundark designs as from uh, season one. Okay. But in, I I don't know for me they they seemed like they were a little smaller, um, maybe that's just because we only saw them in comparison to these large ships and uh, yeah and astromech droids. But um, but yeah I don't know. Yeah, we first we first uh, hear of Gundarks in the OT and Empire where um, yeah. Han talks about you know pulling the ears off a of Gundark, and I always thought that Gundarks were going to be like a small thing, you know, the way that Han referenced them. Yeah, yeah. But these things are large and they're mean, and they also are a little skittish too. Yeah. Easily, easily scared, but uh, uh, they pretty much tear up uh, the R eight droid. <laughs> so these things are. Oh, pretty here good. I was wrong. Vancor, yeah. Oh, it was Vancor. Okay. Yeah, it was Vancor that they crash landed on in in Dooku captured. So okay, there it is. So yeah, there you go. That's why there can be gun darks on this planet. I should know better than to, to double. There double. It is. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Sorry, you were saying? No, no, that was it. That was it. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. Uh, <clears throat> Anakin is surprised to find an incongruous relic and amid the wreckage of the bridge, a blue and silver Mandalorian helmet. As Skywalker approaches, Mace begins to piece together the clues. He recognizes the helmet. It is that of Jango Fett, the man he killed on Geonosis. 
He realizes that Boba Fett was one of the clone cadets aboard the Endurance. He force pulls Anakin away from the booby-trapped helmet just as it explodes, shattering the bridge. Some distance away, this explosion is watched intently through a pair of electro binoculars. Boba Fett sees his trap sprung. With him stand a trio of bounty hunters, the wicked Aura Singh, the laconic Bosk, and the ever-annoyed Castus. Is that a Mandalorian helmet? What is that doing here? Clone cadets. Django Fett. Booba. Anakin, no! Drop it! So there was Mike. Uh, we Mace is finally starting to piece together mm-hmm. uh, what's going on. You know. Yeah, I, I like his um, the way that you can like hear him working it out. He's yeah, just right. saying names. He's just like Django Fett, Geonosis, Boba Fett, and it's like Mace, <laughs> are you having a seizure over there? Are you, are you having a stroke? I, yeah. Kind of, but you know. <laughs> Yeah. I thought that was pretty funny, just the way that they decided to have him come to that conclusion. Like, he really didn't need to say anything. He could have just, you know, made a couple of, like, hmm, you know, just a couple of comments and then said, and then explained to Anakin what was going on. But Right, right. Yeah, he, uh, he you know, he looks at uh, the clones and, he, and he's, you know, obviously figures out, hey, wait a minute, that looks like Django, you know, and then... Yeah, you know the BB starts to turn a little bit. They're like, "Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute!" Boom, 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 and then the helmet force pulls Anakin, which is cool. I love he did that last episode yeah. as well, and, yeah. and he's really good at the force, obviously, and he uses it again in, the, in a few minutes. But uh, cool scene as uh, the helmet explodes, and uh, you know we see Django's helmet there, mm-hmm. uh, and you know Anakin really doesn't know what's going on. He just sees the helmet, and like, what's this Mandalorian helmet doing? You know, what's up with this? And a little, you know, clever trap uh, from Boba Fett. Yeah. And obviously he's a smart little kid and been trained by Django, obviously, since we saw him in episode two. So. Did you notice that the helmet, uh, it had a dent on it? It had I a did dent not right, that. right where Boba's helmet gets a dent later. I'm, I'm, you know, like now we have to assume that it's a separate helmet, right? Right, that right. He, uh, that he doesn't repaint repaint the armor, that he gets a, a whole new set of armor. Um, yeah, I did not notice that. I'll have to go back and check. Yeah, that. yeah, it's got a dent on it, right where, right where Boba's got it in. Now, according to current canon, which is not canon canon, but comic book canon, so it's not G level, it's not, and you know, this is gonna, um, it doesn't really conflict with this, so it's not that big of a deal. But according to the uh, to the comic books. There's um, uh, Boba Fett, it's Enemy of the Empire. I think it's Enemy of the Empire is the name of the of the yes. comic. 
right um, exactly. where he works for vader for the first time yeah and uh one, yeah. and they end up fighting on sort of like this lava planet um similar to uh to mustafar um yeah. and and vader force chucks a rock at his head and that's where he gets the dent in the first place so those who didn't know that predates um episode four so right right so that's the origin of that dent just a little side thing so that you guys know that i do read stuff i just don't <laughs> read everything right because a lot of the it. time i'm like oh no i don't read that stuff yeah. but yeah i did used to read a lot of star wars stuff you know back when it was good yeah. so <laughs> and then we get introduced at the very end of the clip there to uh the new bounty hunter or the new uh tag along which is castus yeah, yeah. And uh, he's not the same as an, an R. Singh or a Django. He's a little more skittish. He's a, you know, he wants the easy money type yeah. of thing. Yeah, any yeah. kind of conflict, and we'll find out that, you know, he uh, he doesn't want to deal with any conflict. Yeah, Bosk is just along for the ride. He's just there for the money. Yeah, definitely. Just, I thought I, Bosk's characterization I thought was really really great, especially yes. the couple of lines that he has. And they're really really good. Yeah. Or they might be in the next episode. I can't. He says a few, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bubba wants to ensure that Mace is dead and wants to see the body. Castus loathes everything about this assignment. He hates that R. Singh is putting so much stock into the boy's vendetta. But the job promises a hefty sum from the Separatists if the hunters are able to prove the death of, of the two Jedi generals. Ara, Castus, and Boba hop atop speeder bikes to flit to the wreckage to confirm the deaths while Bosk is left to watch over the hostages. Admiral Killian, Commander Pons, and a clone navigational, a navigation officer from the Endurance. R2-D2, freed from pursuing Gundarks, rockets up the Shattered Bridge, or up to the Shattered Bridge. He finds Anakin pinned under heavy debris. R2 tries to clear some of the wreckage, but that causes the whole bridge to tremble. The ship is barely holding together. Anakin weakly tells R2 to return to the fighters and contact the Jedi Temple for help. You know, real quick, I thought this was funny here. Uh, he, you know, Dave Filoni talked about in the commentary how he writes, he wrote R2, or you write R2, like he's the family dog, and, and yeah. that was perfect. And it didn't even dawn on me until I, I read or I watched that. And, uh, <clears throat> But that's like what the title is all and that's about. What, that's what the title like, is, you know. Yeah, uh, for 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 the younger listeners that may not know, because they may have heard of Lassie, but they don't actually, they've never actually seen Lassie or or know of any of the stories. There's uh, probably one of the most famous Lassie movies, or is it a movie or just an episode of a TV show? I can't remember. Uh, but it's, I think it's, it's a it's like show. it's a short movie, right? Like right. A, like that played before other movies or whatever. Um, called Lassie Come Home, right? Yeah. And uh, it's that's exactly what this episode is based off of. Um, and in that story, little Timmy gets stuck in a well, which you know, again, for our younger listeners, that's where that comes from. You'll hear people say stuff like that, like "Oh, little Timmy is stuck in the well. Go get help," <laughs> sort of thing. Yeah. Um, that's exactly like that's the storyline from Lassie Come Home. And uh, um, or one of the Lassie movies, and um, and that's the storyline that they're sort of riffing on here, where he like he tells R two, <laughs> go go get help, and R two runs off and, and tells them you know 
Anakin and Mace are stuck in a well, sort of thing. Yeah. That's, that's the that's the whole joke. That's the right, and it's and it's done perfectly. I mean, I mean that's yeah. what R two is. He is, you know, he's like a pet, you know, and he's, and that's the way Anakin treats him, um, and not just like a droid. I mean, he's you know, like a part of his family almost. So yeah. R two spots the bounty hunter speeder bikes approaching. Castus, Aura, and Boba begin carefully climbing their way into the ruins of the Endurance. R2 mischievously rains down debris and activates blast doors to stymie their progress. When the droid drops a discarded thermal detonator down the, upon the hunters, Castus has had it. This, uh, the shipwreck is far too dangerous for his taste. Castus turns tail and Aura begrudgingly agrees with his retreat. With reluct, uh, reluctance, Boba also leaves the Endurance. Mace awakens to find himself pinned alongside Anakin in the bridge. He tries to use the Force to clear the rubble, but it's too unstable. Anakin assures him that R2 is getting help, but the Jedi Master does not share Skywalker's confidence in the little droid. And again, uh, like we said earlier, you know, Mace doesn't realize, because I don't think he's been around R2 yeah. At all, yeah. so he doesn't realize what uh, what Anakin knows that that uh, you know R two's been through a lot of stuff, and he is you know like we said he's like the family dog and he can do this kind of stuff. I mean he's he's doing some damage to to keep these guys away from his master, you know, dropping thermal detonators and boxes down there and and shutting doors. So he's doing all the right stuff, and it actually finally prevents the bounty hunters from getting up there and they're just like hey forget it you know he's mace has got to be dead let's just get out of here so r2 leaves the wreck cruiser and returns to the parked jedi starfighters a gundark has returned to pounce on the droid the creature lands on anakin's jedi starfighter to escape the beast r2 tethers the animal to the fighter and sends the ship blasting off <laughs> where it crashes into the shipwreck i that love cool that scene, part huh? Yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Oh, man. That's R2. That's like, I don't know, it's more like episode, like the prequel R2. It's not really classic, classic R2. Yeah. Because right, he didn't right. really do that much active stuff in the uh, classic R2 is is roll up on uh, on a scump link access and, uh, and, and stick his little doodad in there and, uh, and, you know, save the day just by spinning those little discs around um but but yeah like classic prequel r2 is like you know sort of almost slapstick like it's 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 humorous but it's not it's not like a jokey joke it's just i gotcha yeah he's just like it's a little bit of the physical humor that r2 goes with yeah i really enjoyed that part well he uses the uh the episode (laughs) three uh <coughs> oil spill thing and it actually yeah. doesn't work for him this time you know yeah this is the first yeah. time i guess he would use it in, in uh continuity but uh, it doesn't yeah. work so he has to think of something else so he can think on his uh his feet for lack of a better term the explosion alerts the bounty hunters who, real- who realize that someone is alive and active in the downed cruiser aura orders bosk to jam all transmissions and the hunters hurriedly board Slave One. R2 jumps into the remaining starfighter, Mace Windu's, and attempts to raise a signal to Coruscant, but he cannot get past the jamming. He blasts off, and Slave One immediately catches sight of the fighter. Boba recognizes its markings as Windu's fighter, 
and he gives pursuit. Go find us markings, Matt Windows. I knew it. I told you he wasn't dead. Bosk, after him. I don't like the sound of that. I thought your astromech was supposed to call for help, not take off and leave us here. Come on, R2. I'm counting on you. All right, man. That was a that was an awesome, awesome scene right there with the slave <laughs> one going after Good R2. Chase, yeah. Oh yeah. man, excellent chase. Um, we see that maybe Anakin's not the great pilot we think he is, and that R2 is really the one doing all the flying. Yeah, I know. I mean, he's doing some, some serious flying right here. I mean, you got yeah. not yeah. only Bosk is driving or, you know, flying Slave One, he doesn't have to worry about firing. It's, it's uh, Boba's. Boba, yeah, firing. Boba's on the guns, yeah. So it's like two on one. And, yeah. And, uh, you know, R2 is holding his own there. So, but uh, a beautiful scene. I mean, all the. You know, the backdrop with the cruiser yeah. on fire and everything. I mean, it was wow. I mean, visually, these last two episodes. I mean, they're fantastic. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Definitely. R two bobs and weaves Mace's fighter out of Slave One's laser fire, and reaches the orbiting hyperspace rings. The droid docks the fighter into one of the rings and escapes into hyperspace, leaving the Slave One behind. Boba is devastated. But Aura is confident. She still holds a leverage over Mace Windu with her hostages. I just have to mention that I really liked the part where R2 fakes out. Oh, I know. Because yeah. there's the two hyperspace rings, and he makes like he's going for Anakin's, going for the yellow one. And right. then at the last second, he flips over, and Boba blasts that one, and he docks with the other one and just takes off right away. Oh, that was awesome, yeah. Because clearly he was like, he was charting his hyperspace route as he was going, because he's R2-D2, and he's just like, he's flying the ship, and he's charting hyperspace routes. He can multitask. He's doing yeah. everything all at once. It's not like Han and Chewie, who are like, you know, the two of them are like, rushing to try and fly the ship and shoot lasers and, you know, set up the, the, the hyperspace route and all that stuff. They just asked R2 to do it in the first place. Yeah. It, but, uh, yeah, I yeah. know. Excellent, excellent scene. Yeah, yeah, really, really cool. Um, <clears throat> R2 pilots the Starfighter to the Jedi Temple on Coruscant and barges into a Jedi briefing room, interrupting Plo Koon's strategy session. Ahsoka is surprised to see Anakin's droid so animated. R2 hurriedly plugs into a hollow projector and plays an image of the injured Anakin asking for help. Plo Koon orders his ship prepared immediately. Back on Vancor. Mace reflects upon the scorched remains of Jango Fett's helmet. A series of explosions rock the shipwreck, and it appears that time has run out for Mace and Anakin. Suddenly, the drone of a, of a Republic gunship fills the room as Plo Koon's trooper, uh, troops hover outside the damaged bridge. And, uh, you know, again, Mace sees the helmet, he, he brings it over, and he kind of reflects on uh, some of the past and again figures out that uh you know he talks about Django and yeah I'm, I, I killed Django and 
I'm trying to remember in episode two, and I wanted to watch this before we recorded, but I didn't get a chance, whether Mace, you know, when he comes up to Dooku, throws his lightsaber out and says, party's over. Was Do you remember if Boba was standing there or not on that little platform with Dooku? And, and Because uh, uh, I'm trying to I, think if he actually ever saw Boba there. You yeah, I, mean? I think he is. Okay, I thought so too, yeah. But he, he mentions that in his briefing, in Obi-Wan's briefing, that, oh, right, right. that there was this kid, Boba Fett. Right. Um, so it was, it was, it was Obi-Wan that, that made note of him. I don't think it, uh, that Mace noticed. Um, I don't think that Mace would have necessarily done what he had done had he known about Boba. Right. Um, because he, from what we've seen in the series, he seems to be an actually fairly compassionate guy, right? Oh, yeah, um, definitely. Especially with the uh, with the the Zillow Zillow beast, beast. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that even when other people are in danger, he he'll uh, he will hold back if he has to, right? If he feels like it's the better course of action. Um, now that's obviously just the show trying to add more depth to a very basic character from the films because we don't really learn a lot about Mace in the movies themselves. Right. Um, just that he's kind of a jerk. <laughs> yeah. He's a little bit he's a little bit stodgy and he's a little bit arrogant, but not the same kind of arrogant as Anakin. Right. Um, Definitely. Just kind of like he already knows everything there is to know about being a Jedi. He's one of the best and yes. you know um, yeah. Yeah. So, so I don't know. I, I feel like he regrets it. He regrets killing Django. That's one of the things that I got from this episode, is that he didn't want to have to do something like that. He doesn't enjoy having to kill people, and then to find out that that he, that he, you know Django's essentially got a son, right? Uh, in Boba. Um, that there's a little bit of a there's a little bit of a regret there. Uh, we kind of see it at the end of Lethal Trackdown as well. Yeah, so. because he well, he, right at this point, he they both actually say uh, Anakin and Mace talk about how that's you know they say something about that complicates things. Yeah, and yeah. it kind of gives like the sense that you know, like you said, if he, he if he knew that he he might have done something else. You know, he might have tried to take just Django disarm him. And, yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, aboard the gunship, Ahsoka and Plo Koon use the Force to steady the Endurance's rickety bridge while Clone Commander Wolf and Trooper Comet repel aboard, plucking Anakin and Mace from the ruins. They leap aboard the gunship just as the bridge finally collapses. And what a cool scene that, that was. Yeah, yeah. Again, with the visuals and... Well, and Commander Wolf and his squad, they're just... Oh, like yeah. I, they're, they're one of my favorite... Uh, Designs because it's more than just some colors. They actually have some personality and character to their helmet designs, and uh, that's the wolf. And I, I like I like wolves, and I know Dave Filoni likes wolves, and that's why they are. That's yeah, that's why they are the wolf pack, um, and all that. Um, I like that it much like uh, like in Episode One when um, Captain Panaka says something about we'll be sitting ducks or something like that. Yes. Yeah. Um, that that proves that there are ducks in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> this proves yeah. that there are wolves in the Star Wars universe. So, um, 
yeah i just i like it when there's those little things that are like everything else is so ridiculous and we never see you know a regular animal we always see these weird star wars animals right. but then uh, by the way you know here's two completely <laughs> mundane animals that do exist yeah yeah so i uh, <laughs> Anakin and Mace are placed on hovering gurneys and floated aboard a medevac gunship. They are diagnosed with serious burns, but no permanent injuries. Mace thanks R2-D2 for his devotion to duty. Some pretty serious burns, but nothing a night in the back to tank will fix. <clears throat> oh, sorry. We were lucky to arrive when we did. Guess we have R2 to thank for that. Come here, droid. I can see why your master trusts you, little one. Good job. Huh. That's definitely more praise than I ever get. So there it is. Mace yep, finally nice. has to give it up, you know. <laughs> and you know, it's almost like he wanted R2 to come over and he would pat him on the head or something, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Finally gives R2 his props and uh maybe realize that R2 is a special little droid and that's why Anakin, you know, wants him by his side all the time. Yeah. But uh, as far as this episode, it's really, you know, I I really enjoyed it. I I like the you know, Lassie sort of r2d2 type thing going on and uh you know r2 kicks some serious butt in this one and uh good little start to our two-part season finale yeah yeah so uh i, I don't know i've said everything i need to say about r2 come home it was a pretty good episode yeah um nothing groundbreaking or ridiculous but no, no. but entertaining nonetheless Definitely. um so let's get right into lethal trackdown which does have some very awesome Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. Here we go. A restless Boba Fett leaves the cockpit of the Slave One and checks on the, bo uh, on the bound and gagged Republic hostages. He loosens the gag on Adm Admiral Killian and offers uh, the older officer a drink of water. Killian tries to appeal to Fett's sense of decency, which agitates the boy. Arasing barges in and begins beating the prisoners. So we see we see a little bit of Boba's um, conflict here, and that exactly. he is actually a fairly honorable person. Because I mean, I think we all know at this point that Boba is—he's kind of the anti-hero of Star Wars. Right. Um, although we see him in Empire and Return of the Jedi as a bad guy because he's working for the Empire, um, he's a mercenary at the end of the day. So he's working for whoever's hiring him. And for those who have read The New Jedi Order to its completion, or any of the legacy of the Force books, um, you know that it's not quite so black and white with Boba Fett. Um, and that when push comes to shove, if the galaxy is on the line, that, that he can actually be relied on to be a pretty heroic character. So right. um, we're seeing a little tiny bit of that here. Um, he's, not, he's not a black and white bad guy. And I think that they... they um, they play Aura Singh and Bosk, uh, as well as, uh, as Castus a little bit, um, 
they play them as sort of the opposite side of it. And then later on, just, just sort of foreshadowing a little bit for you guys, mm-hmm. um, we see uh, Hondo. Hondo lives in that gray area as well. He's the Definitely, same yeah. kind of um, when the chips are down, you could actually rely on him to be fairly heroic if, if the situation called for it. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not necessarily always a bad guy. We've seen him in a couple of, you know, not so uh, honorable positions, but but really, you know, again, like I say, if the galaxy was on the line, I think that you could count on Hondo and his pirates to uh, to come to the aid of, you know, whoever whoever right. needed it. So right, right, right. You know, uh, uh, it's maybe maybe that's something we're going to see later on, say in uh, season three, four, five. So right. Well, like you said, you know, Baba is he's Boba is struggling with this with this uh, decision, yeah. and Aura, yeah. we also find out that Aura Singh, she's pretty darn ruthless. Yes. Uh, she has no qualms, and, and she, as far as the bounty hunters are concerned, we've seen this season that there's, you know, there could be different types of bounty hunters, and she is definitely yeah. on the other side. Well, you know, she's definitely yeah. motivated really heavily for with a hate for the Jedi. She really doesn't like Jedi. Right. Um, she herself was a Padawan at one point in time. And uh, and her uh, her master, I believe, was killed, and she was sort of abandoned, and uh, right. forgotten about. So she's, uh, we might we might see that later on in the series, uh, come out. Yes. Uh, yes. But uh, for now, they're kind of keeping that in her background. If you've read any of the comic books or uh, or her Wikipedia entry, um, yeah. <laughs> you'll know that she's got she's got a fairly storied history with the Jedi. So. Um, so yeah, she's, she's definitely motivated by that quite a lot. Like she's got this thing where she just, she wants to kill Jedi. Right. Um, so, so yeah, I think that's a lot of what's going on there. Right. Uh, meanwhile in the Jedi temple, medical bay, Anakin and Mace share a recovery room. Skywalker suggests that Mace be proactive in tracking down Boba Fett. But Windu has no inclination to make a priority out of a pers- personal vendetta. Plo Koon and Ahsoka Tano enter with news that they have received a transmission from the bounty hunters. Master Plo plays a hologram of Boba and Aura, armed, standing over the uh, trio of Republic hostages. Boba calls out Mace specifically, ordering him to face him. Aura orders Boba to kill one of the hostages, but the boy hesitates. Aura has no delay. She shoots Commander Pons, killing him. Now this is another scene. There, uh, there goes Commander Pons. Who, Pons is dead. Yes. Yeah, we've seen him actually come through a couple of ordea- ordeals already. I mean, he survived throughout the whole um, the whole Ryloth trilogy. Yes. And uh, and I think we saw him in another episode, if I'm not mistaken. He was he was uh, fighting alongside our other guys right. at some. point. And uh, and managed to uh, survive when other guys were dying, <clears throat> but there he goes. Right, and and here we go. Boba can't he can't execute Pons. I mean, he's still like you said, he's he's a young teenager, and this is going to be something that, you know, he obviously he's struggling with. And uh, yeah. of course, Aura has no qualms about about killing Pons. She just basically throws it down, and, and boom, he's gone. Um, and again, the best way to to lure Mace to you is to have you know, hostages or have some kind of a link, you know, like we just talked about, uh, Mace, um, you know, he has a certain, 
affinity to, like we talked about, the Zillow beast or whatever. He, he wants to help. Yeah. yeah. But I believe at this point he kind of says, you know what? I, or was it before that? He said, no, I'm not going to. He's talking to Anakin. He goes, no, I, yeah. I don't need to deal with that. But as soon as he finds out that there's hostages, he's good to go. So. Yeah, well, he says, you know, revenge isn't... Uh, he sort of gives Anakin a little bit of a thing, like, you know, revenge isn't isn't how Jedi do it, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm not holding a grudge against Boba, and I'm certainly not going to stop fighting this war for the galaxy just to fulfill a personal vendetta. Vendetta, right. And, uh, and Anakin's kind of like, oh, no, this is about justice and that sort of thing. And it's like, well, no, it's not. It's about a personal thing. Like, you're, right. you're taking it too, too personally. Mm-hmm. So Definitely. Uh, very good to see why Mace doesn't trust Anakin when we get to episode three. And it's because he, he knows his character. He's heard him say these things. Right. And so when, when Anakin says stuff, May sort of gives him a second look and goes, now what's motivating that? Is that is that the truth or is that your skewed perspective, right? <laughs> right, right, yeah. So. Go ahead. Uh, Mace shows a renewed determination, but Plo Koon rightly says that Windu is too injured to travel. The Masked Jedi Master will take up this assignment with Ahsoka Tano by his side. Aboard the Slave One, Aura scolds Boba for not carrying through on her orders. The bounty hunters uh, eject Ponza's lifeless body into the void of space before setting course for Florum. Castus has had enough of this caper and wants out. Disgusted by the spineless Clatonian, Singh agrees to drop Castus off at their next destination. On Coruscant, Master Plo identifies one of the hunters in the hologram as Aura Singh a former associate of Jango Fett, and his following leads to any of Jango's compatriots. This leads Ahsoka and Plo beneath the planet's cosmopolitan surface. They ride an airspeeder into an enormous ventilation shaft that leads into the heart of the Coruscant underworld. The second bounty hunter in the hologram is Boris Singh. Another bounty hunter? Like his father, Jango Fett. Yes. It seems this boy found himself in the care of at least one Django's associates. So we're looking for friends of Django Fett, or places where they hang out. And to do that, we must go to the lower levels. The underworld. So, you know, anytime you want information, you go to the underworld, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, another thing, too, was this ship design. I, I don't think I've ever seen that. I, I kind of liked it. What would you think of it? Did yeah, you know it? what? It was actually, um, and and I know there's going to be some people who are going to be mad at me for this. It's a oh. little Star Trek. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. It has, like, the, the, the nacelles coming off of the back and uh-huh. sort of like a dish, like a half dish on the front of it. Right. It, it felt very, very Star Trek to me. Um and I, I kind of liked it. I think it was a little bit extravagant for, um, for the sort of thing that they were doing. But, um, but yeah, it was a cool design. Yeah. And like I said, you know, we get to go back to the underworld, which is always cool to see. And I love how, they, uh, how they'll do this in a, few se- in a few minutes here. And then he also talks about 
uh, Django, this is his area. He frequented this area a lot, and um, I'm not sure how they how they knew that. Did you, did you pick up on how they knew? I think it was just in in one of their archives. files, okay, or something okay. like that in the archives. Okay, yeah. That they had, you know, that uh, Plo had done his uh, his homework. Okay, yeah. And uh, you know, as, as far as Plo Koon, uh, I actually really enjoyed his character in, in this episode. I never really thought too much of him, but his voice is just awesome. I love the way they do his voice. It's so deep and kind of modulated. Well, you know what? I, I, I think that, that Plo Koon is James Arnold Taylor's opportunity to play old Obi-Wan. Yeah. Um, they're very similar. And obviously, oh, yeah, yeah, James Arnold Taylor plays Obi-Wan in The Clone Wars, um, who is a, not a very different character at this point, but he is still he's got some differences he's a little bit more impulsive he's a little bit more quick to act um he's definitely quicker to attack uh obi-wan from from episode four is uh is not very quick to attack um the only time we actually do see him attack is in defense of luke in in the bar um other than that he really just sort of hangs back and deals with things as they come he defends against vader he never attacks vader um, and and I think that we see a little bit of that in in Plo, mm -hmm. because as as they head down into the underworld, he's sort of a little bit more um, he's a little bit more reserved than I think we would see some of the other Jedi characters, um, maybe apart from uh, from Tara Sunube right. <laughs> that we yeah. saw yeah. with Ahsoka. She's getting a really good education from all of these different Jedi, which I think is is one of the cooler aspects of right. the series that um, that she's not just sticking with Anakin 100% of the time. Right. Well, I think you, you said, I think you put up, bring up a good point about Plo being reserved, and that's something that I'm going to touch on here in a few minutes, so I'll, I'll wait and, and I have a comment and I'll see what you think about it. Um, Master Plo and Ahsoka pass through the entry Terminal 24, a dock on the inner wall of the enormous ventilation shaft, and head deeper into areas known to once be frequented by Jango Fett. Meanwhile, the Slave One touches down on Florm, and Arasin gets reacquainted with Hondo Anaka, someone she has dated in the past. Hondo is pleased to see her and greets Vola, telling the boy that he knew his father as an honorable, honorable man. So this was actually a pretty cool scene. Of course, we, I love Hondo. One of my, he's actually becoming one of the great characters in this series yeah hondo hondo is by far the greatest um i think he's the greatest asset that they've added to the star wars universe with the clone wars because he's 100 percent clone wars start to finish he right. did not exist in any other fashion before this um he's not based off of any other characters he's not he's he's 100 percent original and he and he fits right into the Star Wars universe, and he fleshes it out. He's a really great character, that obviously we keep getting to go back to, over and over and over. And and uh, hopefully they don't kill him. Hopefully they don't kill him eventually. No, and it's, I it's, have a feeling that they won't. They've had the opportunity to get rid of him, yeah. and they haven't. So. Right. Well, you know, it's and and uh, Aura and Hondo obviously have had a relationship, and uh, yeah. Yeah, they actually come together and kiss for a second, and then he's, he, he has this great line where he says, uh, not mine, I take it, you know, because she's bringing along this little boy, and he's like, whoa, what's going yeah. on here, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so something a little bit for the older 
the older yeah, viewers. Yeah, it was pretty funny stuff. Pretty yeah. funny stuff. Uh, see, Hondo leads Boba, Ara, and Castus to a bar where Castus parts company to make a long-distance call on a public hollow transceiver. The Clatonian calls Fong Du and Natolin and reports that his working arrangement with Arsene has gone sour. Aura overhears this conversation and shoots Castus dead before her former partner is able to sell her out. Fett witnesses this with great misgivings. Yeah, but wow. you know what? Yeah. Um, Aura is the only one who really knows what's going on there mm-hmm. because she she kind of tunes in with her uh, right. with her little bionic implants um, and hears the conversation and. Uh, and Castus is selling them out. I mean, he's really going oh, like, yeah. yeah, you know, I'm done with this, you know. Um, yes. But here's some information that, you know, that that's helpful. So, like, if you sold, sold it to the right people. I think what he was going for was, I've got information that's valuable to the Jedi, and let's see how much they'll pay for it. Exactly. Um, and she was like, no, no, that's not going to happen. And so she kills him. Um, but Boba doesn't really know what's going on. Hondo clearly has an idea, you know, like that this guy was betraying her, and yeah, that's definitely. what happens when you uh, when you betray Aura Singh. And yeah. I'm sure that he knows all too well <laughs> what kind of yeah. a person this is. Um, yeah. So yeah, but yeah, but this is another one of of the examples of Boba not agreeing 100 percent with the way that that she does things. Oh, definitely, uh, you can definitely see the struggle. He he kind of the way he looks. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, but also another thing to note is uh, Fong Do, a uh, Nautilin, like Kit Fisto. Um, very cool to see another Nautilin. Yeah, definitely, yeah. I thought that was a, that was a nice touch because we've only ever seen Kit Fisto in anything, uh, the movies and, uh, and the series. So. Yeah. so to see another Nautilin, very cool. Well, I love the episode of, this, of, this, of the bar, too, of Hondo's yeah. bar. And uh, you got this kind of like, I believe it was some kind of almost like techno music playing, you know? And uh, like you said, Castus is, is going to try to sell some information. One way or another, he's going to try to make some money. And uh, it don't matter to him whether it's going to be the hard way with Aura or maybe the easier way with selling some secrets to, uh, to the other side. Yeah. And, of course, you know, Aura's, she wastes no time, you know. You're going to turn, turn against me, you're gone. Really cool scene there. I love the bar scene. And we have another yeah. actually bar scene coming up that's again yeah. really nice. So Yeah. Uh, on Coruscant, Plo and Ahsoka inspect the fifth Coruscant tavern in a row. Plo Koon cautions Ahsoka to be cautious. That's a little uh, uh, redundant. And try to remain subtle. And to keep her ears open for any clues. Master Plo speaks with, with the multi-armed bartender, Volpi while Ahsoka eavesdrops into the various booths. She overhears a Nautilin talking to a Weequay about a murdered comrade on Florum. The Nautilin mentions Aura Singh's name before spotting Ahsoka lurking. The thugs try to pin the Padawan, but she escapes their grasp. Fong Du pulls out a pair of knives, while the other thugs nearby brandish blaster pistols. The room is suddenly silenced as Plo Koon ignites his lightsaber blade and orders the thugs to stand down. As a distraction, Ahsoka reaches into her tunic and pulls out a handful of credits, throwing them into the crowd. 
Though Plo dis, uh, chides Ahsoka for her unsubtle ways, she nonetheless provides a solid lead to form. Stand down! You can't take us all, Jedi. Would you like to try and prove your theory? Hey, nobody's shooting up my place today! He's right. Drinks on the house. Not very subtle. Well, I was being subtle. Interesting result. But Master, you were right. I heard about a murder. A murder Aura Singh recently committed. Where? Florum. Well done, little Soka. We're off to Florum. Now this is again another great scene inside this underworld bar with the music and the, and the lighting was fantastic. It was dark yeah. with the neon stuff. I mean, awesome setup and then a great use of the force by Ahsoka. Yeah, she kind yeah. of you know kind of calms herself and starts listening to conversations and ultimately finds out some great information about. Uh, where they might be able to find Aura and Boba. So, uh, what did you think of this particular scene? It was really good. Um, the one thing that I just have to point out, and maybe this is a problem with me, mm-hmm. um, I never would have distinguished uh, uh, why, uh, like, put the distinction of of a murder on what Aura Singh did. I don't know. Maybe I just watched too many shows like this because I just figure, <laughs> like, the way yeah. my brain computes is that's just business. You know, like he he betrayed them, so she killed him. Like I, it just murder is not the word that I would have used. I would have said, you know, that Aura Singh just killed someone on Florum. You know, like that there's a, that she's got information that that Aura's on Florum, but not that she just committed a murder. That just sounds like a yeah, really kind of technical to me. I don't know if that makes sense, yeah. but just like very um, yeah sort of by the book oh she committed a murder she killed someone she committed a murder and it's like well no she just uh terminated a contract that's all she was doing <laughs> yeah. uh, but man, that's, that, that might just be me there might be something uh yeah there might be something wrong with me <laughs> when it comes to that sort of thing yeah. that that's how i think that uh that that's not murder that's just business but yeah i do well, i do tend to watch a lot of shows with bounty hunters and uh yeah and mercenaries and their duels and that sort of thing so well uh yeah you talked about uh plo being reserved we talked about that a little bit yeah. earlier and this is where i wanted to get to the point where um i would have loved to have seen a little battle in here i would love to have seen an arm get cut off right here yeah yeah you know? <laughs> because perfect opportunity you know you got all these guns pointed at ahsoka and you, and you hear out from the distance the lightsaber light up, and it was you're like, oh yeah, it's on right now, you know. And just one, you know, we've seen this before with Anakin in a bar scene, but we didn't actually see it. But I, you know, it's one of those. Maybe that would have been going a little too far for uh, this series, but mm-hmm. oh, that would have been so cool. Just a couple of swipes, and and then everybody's like, oh, okay, never mind, we got Jedi. You know, and we even hear the bartender. He's like, hey, hey, hold on. Like, it's almost like a Western type of feel to it, you know, like a showdown. 
Yeah, and he's like, hey, no, 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 don't do this in my bar. You know, I don't want my bar torn up or anything like that. And uh, Ahsoka uses a little cash and, and a little uh, credits to uh, get everybody to calm down. And like like uh, Plo says, uh, he says something about uh, not being so subtle. <clears throat> you know, and obviously she's been influenced by Anakin, and that's what he's talking about. So, but, yeah. Uh, you know, pretty cool scene. I would have loved to see, like I said, I'd love to see the little battle there. Would have made it awesome, but maybe that's asking <laughs> too much. Um, let's see. Uh, where are we at? Are we at the top here on Florum? Uh, the beginning of Act 3, yeah. Okay, here we go. On Florum, Aura brings Honda up to speed on her predicament with Boba's vendetta and the Republic hostages. Hondo offers no help but also says he does not plan to hinder Ara either. He will remain neutral in her affairs. Bosk radios Ara Singh to report the approach of a Jedi shuttle. She orders Boss to take the slave one to the outskirts of the settlement. Boba is eager to face Mace Windu, whom he assumes is aboard the shuttle. Plo Koon and, and Ahsoka land on Florum. They are greeted by Hondo, who states plainly that Aura Singh awaits them in the tavern. Hondo makes it clear he is not, um, that he is not in on the deal. Plo Koon enters and finds Aura seated alone at the table. Singh is disappointed that it is not Mace Windu. Boba emerges from the shadows and holds a gun to Plo Koon's head. Plo hardly seems worried. So uh, as we begin here, um, you know, Hondo is talking to Aura, and it's like, you know what, you, you guys are getting involved with Jedi. Trust me. Like he says, it's never a good idea. Yeah. And he's already had some dealings with the Jedi, and, and he knows what he's talking about here. He's kind of giving Aura a, some advice. Yeah. But ultimately, it's, hey, this is your fight, and, you know, you're here. I'm not going to do anything to hinder you, but I'm not going to help you either. And I thought that was very interesting. We talked about Hondo a little bit earlier, and... And how, yeah. how great this character is. And this is another reason why. Um, uh, what else? He's, you know, he's basically saying, hey, I'm staying out of this fight. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was really cool. Uh, let's see. Ara contacts Bosk at the Slave One, telling him to execute the hostages uh, if she gives the word. Ahsoka springs from the shadows with her lightsaber ignited and shears off Ara's cranial antenna. She holds Aura at lightsaber point. It's a standoff. Boba fires at Ahsoka, forcing her to deflect the blast. That frees Aura to fire off a pair of rocket darts from her boots, but Plo Koon slams the table up, blocking the projectiles. Aura stands and draws both her blasters, unleashing a barrage on Ahsoka. Plo knocks aside Boba and force pushes the table between Ahsoka and Aura. Master Plo cuts apart Aura Singh's weapons and orders her to surrender. Boba Fett throws a bomb into the fray, letting Singh escape. Singh runs away and Boba tries to follow, but Plo Koon force pulls him back. To Fett's shock, Aura keeps running, leaving him behind. The bounty hunter jumps on a speeder bike and Ahsoka does likewise, giving chase to the, into the desert badlands. And what a, what a great scene right here. I mean, this is really ramping yeah. it up right here. Yeah. A cool battle. It's a little different than uh, I think we're used to seeing. Um, we see some of the cunning of our scene. 
uh, some of the cool weapons that they can have, these bounty hunters. Yeah, yeah. And uh, just an Not awesome quite as one-sided as we're used to seeing fights with Jedi. Right, <laughs> Jedi right. usually have the, the, the strong advantage, but in this one they have to be a little bit more uh, clever to combat the, uh, the wily bounty hunters. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then, uh, you know, like like we saw here at, on the show, Bubba wants he, Bubba wants uh, he wants justice. Yeah. And uh, here we see Ara basically uh, leave him, you know, and, and he's kind of shocked by that. He's like, wow, she left me, you know. So this might go into, you know, this might affect him. And this is maybe how his character evolves is, is people, you know, his dad gets killed and and Aura leaves him uh, basically behind. And uh, here it is with, with uh, Hondo. This is another great scene I loved right here because it was kind of subtle. And as Ahsoka's running out to catch up to Aura, they jump on the bikes. You see mm-hmm. one of the pirates throw up his sniper to get Aura. And Hondo's like, no, no, no. You know, he grabs the gun and, and pulls it down. Like, no. It's like I, like I told uh, the Jedi before, this is not our fight. You know, we're staying out of this. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of a subtle scene, but really cool. I was like, yeah, that is that is cool. That really goes with Hondo right now and what's going yeah. on with the scene. So I uh, want to mention that. Uh, yeah, because the Jedi could very easily arrest him for what he did on, uh, on Felucia. Yes, right. So. Exactly. He's probably like, oh, I'm just going to let these yeah. guys do their thing. Yeah, I know. And That's- not draw attention to myself. And maybe they'll just forget that I tried to kill an entire village. Yeah, I, I don't know how they didn't know that, or you know. <laughs> well, we don't know where they, where things are in the timeline because they keep things. Right, it just could have been before. Yeah, who yeah. knows? Right, you're right. Uh, Plo tries to grab Boba Fett to reveal, or to get Boba Fett to reveal the location of the uh, hostages, but Fett refuses. Hondo Anaka advises Fett to do so. As it is what Django would have wanted. Aura uh, and Ahsoka twist and turn through the canyons on Florum. Plo Koon transmits the coordinates of the hostages to Ahsoka. She breaks her chase and speeds to the Slave One, where she fires her bike's laser cannons at Bosk, causing the lizard to drop his guard on the prisoners. Ahsoka frees the hostages, who promptly hold Bosk at gunpoint. Our scene comes crashing into the scene and dashes aboard the Slave One, powering up the ship for launch. Ahsoka jumps onto it as it lifts off. She uh, slices off one of the ship's stabilizers with her lightsaber. Aura loses control of Slave One, and it crashes into the canyons. And this is another fantastic scene here. Great, great action scene to uh, to finish out the series. And uh, you know, Ahsoka is like. Like we, I've talked about before, she's, she's really a cool character now. I really am starting to enjoy what she's been doing, and uh, visually, this section again was was awesome. Uh, she jumps onto the ship, slicing it up, and and was able to jump off and uses the force to land back down. Um, and we see the slave one go down, and that was surprising. You know what? It actually blows up. So, I'm. Very, very interesting here. Uh, and I want to say that Ahsoka, not Ahsoka, Aura, I kind of watched this scene like three or four times and tried to go in slow motion here. As the Slave One goes over the canyon, uh, just before we see it blow up, there's a 
something that kind of pops up over the top of the canyon. And I want to say it's kind of like an ejection seat type of a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, listeners, go and check that out and see if you guys agree with me. Um, maybe that's how they're going to they're gonna say that uh, Aura survives mm-hmm. this. Because I do think we're going to see her again. Oh, yeah. She's definitely not dead. Somehow she gets out of that. and Nobody, no death. Nobody, no death. That's, right, exactly. That's, uh, yeah. that's classic writing. Like, if you didn't see the body then she's not dead right, right she can come back so and the slave one you know it's is this thing down i mean is this thing gone is boba gonna have to build a new one or what's going yeah. on with this you know yeah, we'll see yeah well, yeah a lot of questions that uh they left to be answered so uh, you want to uh finish it up here mike yeah sometime later boba fett and bosk are marched into a republic prison on coruscant fett is unrepentant the shackled boy sees Mace Windu and says he will never forgive the Jedi. I see now I've done terrible things. But you started when you murdered my father. I'll never forgive you. Mm. Well, you're going to have to. Take him away. That's how we finish up season two of the Clone Wars. It mm-hmm. kind of leaves a lot of questions still up in the air um, for a season finale. You know, sometimes yeah. you, you would think you get some answers, but a lot more questions to come about. We see Bosk and Boba in shackles um, heading into, uh, you know, basically jail. I guess we want to call it. Yeah. But uh, Boba still, you know, he, like he says, he's he's kind of. You know, he knows he's done some bad stuff, but he's still motivated by Mace Windu and getting revenge for his dad. And, uh, you know, I'm sure we're going to have to revisit this because too many questions that are that are still out there with Bosk and, uh, and Boba and Aura and the Slave One and all that. So I'm sure we're going to get back to this before this series is concluded. What do you think? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. There, um... Well, we saw, you know, last season at the end of the season, we saw Zero the Hut be busted from, uh, from the same prison on Coruscant. So, right, right. Um, so we could very easily see Bosk and Boba Fett get out, and I think I think we will. I think that we will see an episode specifically about the two of them breaking out of the prison, um, and that might be what we come back to season three with, um, in much in the same way they that we came back to season two with Cad Bane, who had been introduced in the last episode of season one, so. Right, right, definitely. Um, All in all, though, hey, you know, really good season-ending episodes. I mean, visually fantastic. And you know what? A much better season than season one overall. Like, at the the end of the day, much, much better season. Um, they, They definitely kicked it up. Uh, you know, when I said faster, more intense last year, uh, I was I was correct. Right. Uh, it was definitely a lot faster, and it was definitely a lot more intense. We didn't get the episodes that sort of distracted from the overall Star Wars. I don't 
I don't really recall Jar Jar being heavily involved in any of the episodes. No, uh, no, not at all. I think he made a couple of appearances, but he was not heavily involved, like he was in in uh, three out of the out of the twenty two episodes of the first season because we got him in um, obviously uh, Bombad Jedi. Uh, <laughs> right. Gungan general Gungan and general, then uh, right. blue shadow virus. He was uh, he was very heavily involved in all three of those episodes, right. and uh, and I think that that's enough Jar Jar for us. Yeah. For a while. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no. Uh, I think when you talk about season two, uh, what you want is just a, a a series to continue to kind of ramp itself up and continue to grow and. And I think it's done that. I, I, I think it's definitely uh, just raised the bar to season one uh, as far as everything. I mean, act, the, the voice acting is always good and the, visually how good it is. And the stories are, are so much you know, better. And it, and it just seemed like it, it flowed well, very well together. Yeah. Um, we had a lot of multi-part episodes um, that worked very well. So very happy with season two and the, and the season finale was was really good as well yeah for sure so uh, you know I mean we still got those episodes right in the middle of the seasons that are kind of the best uh, you, I right. mean, you guys know which ones I think are the best yeah, um, yes yeah so yeah but uh, but great great season finale so well it definitely leaves um a lot to be seen in the next season, but uh, we'll get to our season three ideas uh, a little bit close towards the end of the episode. Yeah. Let's, uh, but let's jump into the mailbag now. All right, let's do that. Uh, uh, everything's under control. Situation normal. What happened? Uh, I had a slight weapons malfunction, but uh, everything's perfectly all right now. We're fine. We're all fine here now. Thank you. How are you? Okay, we got our mailbag from uh, Kyle Avery, and uh, he states, uh, Hey, Mike and Matt, I don't know if you guys heard, but Jamie King did a live online video chat on Friday night after the Clone Wars season finale. I turned in, uh, tuned in for uh, the whole thing, and it was great. Kyle Newman read people's questions to Jamie, and she answered them for about an hour and a half. They are really cool people and huge Star Wars fans. I got a few of my questions answered, like whether or not Aura is dead, and if Slave One is destroyed or just damaged. Jamie said she can't say whether or not we'll see Aura again, but she is definitely not dead. As for Slave One, she didn't really give a straight answer. I also asked if she and Kyle would give you guys an interview on Frontlines, to which they said sure, as long as the guys on the Force cast say it's okay. I guess they like those guys better. But at least there's a chance. So I hope you guys can make it happen. I look forward to hearing your thoughts on the season finale. And may the force be with you. Kyle Avery, a.k.a. Darth Slim on the forum. So um, let's start with the first, uh, whether Jamie King thinks the, uh, she obviously doesn't think that Ara is dead. And I don't, yeah. I, I don't think, we don't think that either. Um, and of course, she's, there's no way she can say what's going on. I mean, she's she's got the NDA. She can't really talk about what's going on. I'm sure she's already yeah. involved in season three if she's in it yeah. or if Ara's in it. So um, she's got to keep some things secret, obviously. Um, but uh, you know, they, I did actually listen to that uh, 
that hour and a half question and answer and it was really cool you know Kyle was there reading the questions and she had some friends along and of course those two are huge Star Wars fans and they're great for the Star Wars community yeah yeah especially Kyle you know he's a really really nice guy um but as far as getting on our show this is <laughs> okay um it was kind of hard to figure out what she meant by asking the force cast whether it was okay or not at first I was kind of like wait a minute you know what who is the force cast to mm-hmm. you know tell you guys what you can can and can't be on you know it's, if you want to I talked to Kyle and he was like all for it hey I love you know I listen to your guys show I'll, I'll come on so yeah <laughs> I don't want to I don't know I'm just going to put this out there well like there's no competition there's no sense of competition between yeah. us and the force cast um, I know they do their Clone Wars roundtables or whatever. Um, I don't listen to them, not because I don't like the Force cast, but because I don't want to. I don't want to color my opinion exactly. uh, yeah. before before we do our episodes. And sometimes, you know, it goes back and forth. Sometimes we get our episode out first. Sometimes they get theirs out first. Most um, of the time, we're first. Yeah, most of the time episode. we're the first ones out. Yeah. But um, but I just kind of try and keep it. Keep it separate. I do listen to the Forcecast on occasion, but it's a long podcast. Uh, it, it tends to go more than two hours, and uh, and I listen to a lot of podcasts. And considering I, you know, you know, back back before I was doing this podcast, I used to listen to the Forcecast every week. Um, but but now that you know we do our own podcast, I'm we're so heavily into Star Wars, just doing the podcast. Right. They, to sit and listen to other guys talk about Star Wars for two hours every week, um, I, it's just a little bit much for me. I love Star Wars, don't get me wrong, but I have other things that I enjoy as well. So I spend my, you know, five or six hours on Star Wars every week by preparing for the podcast, recording it, editing it, listening to the podcast again, all that sort of thing. So I'm just really not, I don't listen. I listen to the special reports when they get. Uh, good, good stuff. Like I've got the C two E two special report sitting in my iTunes that I've been meaning to listen to. So, so we like the guys at the Force Cast, and I'm just gonna say, like, open invitation for anybody from the Force Cast to come on front lines over the course of the summer. And I'd love to do some stuff before C five, where uh, where we sort of do some crossovers and that sort of thing. Because I really feel like, you know, it's the internet. There's plenty of room for five or six different uh, Clone Wars podcasts. If the guys from We Talk Clones yeah, right. uh, over, exactly. uh, you know, associated with the EU cast and all that stuff. Right, uh, right. If, if, if anybody who does another Star Wars podcast wants to come on, anybody who does any kind of podcast wants to come on uh, front lines over the course of the summer, we would love to have any guests. Exactly, um, yeah. yeah. Like, we are, we're not, we're not competitive guys me and matt do this because we love star wars and we love uh getting our opinions and thoughts out to you guys so um so yeah and and you know what like i i guarantee you that the guys at the force cast feel exactly the same way you know like it you know podcasts a podcast like there's plenty of room for all of us and uh and and you know the, the i know that there are hardcore listeners that listen to 
front lines and they listen to Forcecasts and they listen to the Forcecast roundtables because we get emails from listeners saying, hey, so they said on the Forcecast roundtable, blah, 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 what do you guys think about that? And, uh, and we don't really read those on the air very often because, you know, we get a lot of emails, but um, so we don't need to discuss what's been discussed on another podcast. Right. Um, but, like, I know that there's a lot of you out there that listen to both. Um, and I know, like, Steve, who's been on Frontlines, has been on the Forcecast, and he's been on their roundtables. And you know what? If I wasn't doing Frontlines, I would want to be on their roundtables, but... We don't really need to be on the round table because <laughs> right. we do our own thing over here. So same with Tom um, Hodges. He's been on so yeah, and, show. and you know what? They're very, very different shows. Um, we report on news, on on Clone Wars news, and uh, and they uh, they report on the general Star Wars news. And I know we've gotten a little bit more general Star Wars in the last few months. Yeah, but uh, but we we just kind of let you guys know on the really really stuff um and of course c5 coming so we talk a lot about c5 but but yeah i mean you know there's no uh there's no sense of competition between yeah there's not i mean you know the force cast is is kind of the unofficial official podcast if you yeah if you want to say you know what i mean i mean they're the the big gun you know um because they are the force net and you know they're going to get a lot more yeah they're part of a much bigger um a much bigger network of people. And you know what? Like, uh, when we got our press passes for C5, that was kind of the first thing that went through my head was like, wow, we are on our way to being more like a recognized podcast like like the Forcecast. So really, at the end of the day, if there's any comparison, it's like uh, those are the guys who do it the best. And maybe one day our podcast will be as good as theirs, you know. Maybe one day we'll be, we'll be where they are. But at the end of the day, we're a dedicated podcast to the Clone Wars. Right. And uh, and when when the live action show comes out, we might have another podcast for the live action show. But that will be a dedicated podcast for the live action show. Right. And you know, like uh, I don't think that anybody's going to do anything on the, uh, on the, oh, the Seth guys. Green one because it's probably going to be a little bit more. Um, yeah, no, because we know it's humor and it's it's not going to be so um, in depth, let's say. But who knows? Yeah. So the the only thing that kind of at first it bugged me, but then I, I thought about it for a minute, and I don't I don't think there was any um, ill will ill will or anything like that. Is when they when they said uh, you know we have to check with the force cast, like yeah, you know we do everything for the force cast and if we have time then we'll go with anybody else so but i don't think that's what they meant they were just obviously they are good friends with the force cast and they're going to give them preferential uh treatment if you will or whatever so that's fine you know no big deal you know uh in the end you know they're the they're the main star wars like you said they encompass everything so yeah and i'll guarantee you they probably do triple the downloads that we do (laughs) Yeah. Um, oh, they're yeah. a much bigger podcast than we are. They're right, right. They're they're ranked higher than us in all of the the iTunes rankings and everything. So they are, they are the big guys. Right. Um, but like I said, I'm just I'm putting it out there that if any of them want to come on Frontlines, I uh, talk about season two, talk about C five, talk about anything at all. Um, 
we are we are totally open for anything and uh and i'd love to do like uh like to meet the guys from the force cast i mean that's one of the things i'm looking forward to at c5 yeah is is to is to maybe yeah. run into those guys and say hey how's it going you know like because uh, honestly they're one of the reasons uh along with like steve and derek who do all of like the they do like geek out loud and Starkville and all that stuff it's the first podcast that i listened to after after I started listening to those guys, one of the first things that I started listening to, you know, I found the best Star Wars podcast I could find, which was the Force Cast. So, yeah. one of the reasons why I podcast is because of those guys. So, yeah, you know, like no, it's, uh, yeah, there's a, uh, there's a, uh, there's no, uh, there's no competition between us. I don't think. No, there's, and like you said earlier, you know, we're down for. It any of the Clone Wars, or not Clone Wars, but the Star Wars podcast, we'd love to talk yeah. to you guys and just talk Star yeah. Wars. It's fun to talk Star yeah. Wars. And we yeah, have a sure. couple people that, you know, we got some stuff already set up to where we got some of our, <laughs> our listeners who are going to come on. Uh, yeah, yeah, on we've got a few show. people that, that we're going to have, uh, that we're going to be bringing on. Uh, I know JC we're going to bring on, because uh, as, as a thank you to uh, for doing the t-shirts and everything, because he's the one who printed them for us and got them for us. Um, yeah. Which uh, which are there still T-shirts left? Yes. Oh yeah. By the way, I sent out I think four or five more last Monday. So uh, cool. there's still what? a couple of uh, extra larges and a couple of smalls left, and then we got like eight or nine medium. So there's plenty. So okay. Uh, cool. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Uh, you guys are listening. Uh, Fifteen dollars shipped to you, uh, and I've gotten some good responses back from the. Uh, people that have ordered them, they, they like yeah, the shirts. Yeah. So. yeah, and everybody out there who's gotten your shirts, uh, do us a favor. Send us some pictures. Yeah, so that'd that be cool. Yeah. Can, uh, so that we can post them on the site. Definitely. And, uh, and on the Facebook group and stuff. Um, Facebook yeah. group, that brings us to... Uh, post I, I, of the week. <laughs> yeah, forum post of the week. Now, we're not doing a forum post of the week because we've got a little bit of news about the forum. Um, Steve over at Geek Out Loud has decided to shut down the forums. Now, I know I, this is <laughs> it's a little bit sudden, and I should have probably given you guys a little bit of warning. Um, I did kind of in the, in the sense that I set up that one post. Uh, somebody had posted about the spam getting out of control, and I had right. stickied it and turned it into a thread about us moving the forums over to our own forums um, because Steve had actually been talking to those of us with, with podcasts that were on the forums. Um, about the fact that he might be shutting it down just because uh, the spam was getting really out of control and he didn't have the time to maintain it and uh, and and honestly uh, we were the only ones using the forums anymore anyways I think so uh, so with that uh, I will be setting up our own forums now the, it's not going to happen anytime soon it's probably going to be uh, sometime into June before I can get around to it um, just because May is a really really busy month for me I've got a, a, a lot of work work that I've got to do and um, and there's some stuff that I want to do if I'm going to be overhauling the server to set up a, a, a forum um, and moving servers actually which is a fairly complicated process in and of itself I may as well do some overhauls and upgrades to the website so um, so all that stuff that I've been promising you know uh, it's gonna it's it's uh, it's on its way, so um, so stay tuned. We will be continuing to uh, to to post your guys's 
comments and stuff. So um, if you go to the Facebook page uh, and you and you make your comments there, that'll sort of serve as the forum post of the week um, until we get the the forums back up. But yeah. um, but you know what? We're probably going to be taking a couple of week hiatus after this episode, anyways. Right. And uh, and we'll be back in a few weeks with uh, with JC as well as uh, we've got Dennis from uh, Satellite Feed right. podcast um, who's going to be coming on and we're going to be going on his show at some point. Um, he oh, he right. actually wants us on his inaugural uh, uh, Satellite Feed 2.0 okay, podcast. Cool. So, yeah, well, I got that email to talk about the Clone Wars. So um, so yeah, uh, there will be podcast content in the next little while, but. Um, but yeah, if you guys want to discuss stuff, head over to to the Facebook page to do that until I get the new forum set up. And I think um, that's and, a... and you know you can always leave posts on the uh, on the website itself. There's there's an area to leave comments there. Oh right, and, right. And and in the past we've uh, we've read some comments off of the website in lieu of the forum post as well. So oh right, definitely. Uh, yeah, I think. Yeah, uh, so, I, I'm in the boat that I, I I posted just before the forums were were brought down that. I do like the fact that we are going to have our own our own forum now, and uh, I just think it's more uh, conducive to more chatter than doing it over Facebook. I mean, I don't mind Facebook, but yeah, yeah, for it's sure, it's kind of cool to have your own forum, and and yeah. um, so, like you said, if if it takes a month or two, <laughs> I think that's no big deal. I mean, just the fact that you're doing another forum, I think people are going to be happy about that. And yeah, like, yeah. Like you said, so. we did all the chatter anyway on the forum, on that one forum. So we'll have a, we'll probably be tapping a few of you uh, frequent listeners and posters on the old forum to maybe be some some moderators for us. Oh, that's for sure. Some of you are going to get your upgrades yeah. from uh, from regular citizens to uh, to moderators to uh, to to some you some Jedi status. Yeah, on definitely. The so we won't have the problems that uh, the Geek Out Loud forums. Uh, yeah, felt, yeah. Felt as long as you guys. Yeah. The, the, uh, here's here's the situation with the with the the Geek Out Loud forums. This is what happened. The moderators lost interest, and uh, and that's why stuff started happening. Um, normally, you'd have like global moderators who would be able to do stuff like um, like delete those posts. And then block the IP address of who is posting. Mm -hmm. Now I didn't have those abilities. All I had the ability to do was to sticky stuff, uh, to promote posts, to delete posts, uh, to merge posts, that sort of thing. I had very very basic privileges, mm -hmm. and um, and nobody who could do anything else for me other than Steve was around to uh, to promote me to a higher mod status. Mm -hmm. um, and Steve was just too busy with the five or six podcasts that he does, and uh, and you know real life and all that sort of thing. So, um, so that's what happened. Now, I don't think that's going to happen with with the new forums because I know that there's a lot of you guys that even through the spam and the ridiculousness that you stuck around. So, um, so I'm sure you guys will stick around as moderators, and we'll always have plenty of people. And uh, and hopefully we can kind of expand on our, on on who is over there discussing. Because I know we had a good, we had a good twenty people in there that discussed on a regular basis. So. Oh yeah, definitely. So uh, hopefully all you guys will join up the new forums and uh, we'll get some new people and all that sort of thing. And we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna be hosting, uh, other people's 
podcasts on our forums as well, the same as Steve had done for us. Mm. Um, so, uh, so yeah, uh, stay tuned for that. I'm going to get that set up as soon as I can. Um, the honest truth of it is that right now I am building the new website for, uh, for the satellite feed podcast for Dennis. That's, uh, he's one of my clients, uh, for my business. Um, so, uh, he's my focus right now. I got to get his stuff done first cause he's a paying customer. And, um, I'm not a paying customer. I, I, I don't charge myself for, uh, for my graphic design work. So, uh, so I tend to, <laughs> yeah. I tend to put myself as a fairly low priority. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, uh, the the Fancore podcast, Fancore Pirate Radio, they'll they'll be uh, they'll be on there. Oh, I'm gonna talk to Dennis. I don't know if he's got his own forum set up or if he wants to to hook up with us. And uh, and I don't know, I'll be talking to some other guys. Yeah, and uh, and get some some stuff on the uh, on the front lines, the Clone Wars podcast uh, website Wars. on yeah. our forum. So, Sounds like a plan. Um, Looking forward to so that. So that's yeah. I think that's uh, that I think we've sort of talked that to death. Yeah. Let's uh, let's talk season three. So season three. Uh, did you get a chance to see the preview? Sorry, did I see the the trailer? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Okay, cool. I did. Okay. I have seen it. And, let's go. Uh, it's pretty intense. Yeah, it's intense. Let's go ahead and uh, take a quick listen to the season three uh, preview trailer. Trouble you are, Padawan. Yes, Master Yoda. I've been having dreams. They're so real. Premonitions. Telling you something. Always in motion is the future. And many possible futures there are. So a lot of a lot of stuff going on there. I mean, this is looks like it's going to have a lot of Ahsoka, mm-hmm. and some interesting uh, twists and turns with her. Um, we saw Cad Bane uh, look like a shot with him in some type of a protocol droid. If you look yeah. really closely, um, and it looked like some sort of Togruta, which is the species that they or uh, that Ahsoka is. Um, <coughs> oh, an uh, older uh, Togruta. By Camino, yeah, Camino with uh, Caminoans, and I, I think yep. people were starting to speculate that that was um, uh, oh, the Shakti. Uh, Shakti, there you go. Yeah, that's what you know. Were. I think that might be one of the visions. I think that's one of the visions from Ahsoka. Oh yeah, definitely. I think that might be her older. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, good point. Um, and. And and we're gonna see some visions that maybe conflict with uh, with the future that we know, um, sort of throw us off the trail a little bit. I think. Yeah, definitely. That, and that lots could happen with Ahsoka. We saw some shots of clones uh, in battle with helmets off and helmets uh, kind of. Busted yeah, in a new a new commando. Yes, uh, right. It's sort of got the open mask. Um, with sort of like a like a just sort of like a screen over the mask, um, looking very cool actually. Right. Uh, and then like yeah, I, yeah. And then also, uh, I know, like I said a couple of podcasts ago, that um, Asaz Ventress is supposed to have a nice little story arc in season three. So 
Um, and then, like I said, again, we'll probably see Cad Bane and then maybe find out what's going on with Bosk and Boba Fett. You know, maybe that's next season or season four. Who knows? But a lot of questions and a lot of cool stuff in that little 30-second spot. So, um, yeah. Just to get you pumped up for season three, which we won't see for a while, but uh, we'll be around to talk about. No, this not for five months. Yeah, it's, it's going to be October before we come back to uh, to new episodes of the Clone Wars. But right. there's uh, there's plenty of time in there to uh, to pick up your uh, your season one Blu-ray or DVD set and watch that again, and then uh, and then watch through season two right. of the Clone Wars again. I'm sure we'll see uh, that DVD set coming out. <clears throat> Actually, Blu-ray set coming out probably yeah. in a few months. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, so. I think that's it, huh? Our season finale. Yeah, that's our season finale. Yep. That's it for us. Uh, it's a nice long episode. Um, wow. Uh, so yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, as always, do not forget to check us out online at CloneWarsPodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter. Username is Clone Wars, so that's Twitter.com/slash Clone Wars, and uh, and you can head over to Facebook and join our group, um, and that's Facebook.com/slash Clone Wars Podcast. Um, and stay tuned; we will be adding new forums. Uh, but in the meantime, you can uh, you can email us your comments, Mike at Clone Wars Podcast, or uh, to Matt at Clone Wars Podcast, or you can just email them to both of us. Um, Definitely. So, I guess that's it. That's I it for that's season it. two, and uh, we're gonna take a we're gonna take a short break, probably like a two week break. Yeah. And uh, and then we'll come back with some new stuff in a couple of weeks. Um, Sounds good. A deserved break, because I don't think that we've missed very much throughout this. Uh, other than no, other no, than there's been a hiatus, no. we haven't really taken a week off, a week or two off. So. Yeah. Um, like I said, we'll take a couple week break and then we'll uh, yep. get back to, with some uh, more Star Wars chatter. So be on the lookout for that. And Definitely. as we always like to go out with our friend. May the Force be with us. We will see you all in a few weeks. Yeah, see you in a couple weeks.